2: Good morning everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are a financial educational radio talk program here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're an educational program hopefully giving our listeners helpful information about all the areas that can impact their financial life, financial news you may not be aware of as well as opportunities and potential problems. And the show's um, sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping families in the greater Cleveland area now for more than 30 years. And we're known for comprehensive, customized, and coordinated plans and also unbiased objective analysis um, before any recommendation is made and having a, a good understanding of you know, what you have and what you're trying to accomplish, and then the best course of action to get there. And the coordination piece, of course, is getting the other advisors or experts um, that can assist to make sure that you're doing everything correctly and in your best interest, everybody on the same page. Um, We're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau, and we're also super service award winners on Angie's list for multiple years. And uh, we work with very different people with different issues, whether you're working and thinking about when I can afford to retire and helping analyze those decisions as you approach retirement, whether it's timing of Social Security, it could be pension elections, um, it could be... um spending issues or timing of the distributions or people who are already in retirement and then also helping people address those issues maybe they're concerned with whether it's um, a premature death of a spouse and you're worried about it will my spouse be okay if i'm gone or the long-term care issue which certainly is a big one and how do you address that or am i okay in my plan if i throw in that future um Long-term care stay with inflated costs because we know that's going – if anyone has any loved one and they've helped make those decisions, they understand that's absolutely a costly and huge um, piece that must be considered because there's a lot of people that say they're not going – into a nursing home. But um, when we meet, when we say, what's the plan? And certainly a nursing home is full of people who don't want to be there, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, we
1: always say no one really checks your, you don't check right, yourself right. into a nursing home. Right. It's, it's usually always somebody else's decision. And that's one of the first realizations you have to come to. You know, the question is, you know, not whether you're going to check yourself into a nursing home. The question is, are you going to wind up in one? And if you are, how is it going to get paid for?
2: Right, and if you're there, we had we had a case a couple of weeks ago where one of our clients' um, dad had to go into assisted living, and he has quite a bit of money in the his ir tax qualified assets. So because it's costing six thousand a month. Because he has some add-ons with, with medication assistance and, and some daily living, quite doesn't need the full skilled. So can we use that as an opportunity, as painful as it is, to pull money from a tax-qualified place and offset it from medical deductions?
1: Right. And that's that's effective use of the tax wrappers, right? Mm-hmm. Carrie, if you've been to one of our classes, we always talk about the tax wrappers. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. You know, it's okay. understanding how... The, the, the You know, the asset, you know, how it's, what's the tax rep around it? When is it, you know, always it says, you know, a lot of people always ask us, when's the best time to take money out of my IRA? Mm-hmm. And the answer may be when you could get it out most tax efficiently.
2: But and, do you know when that is? And, and it, it could be different for right. everybody.
1: But that's also one that, you know, we're, we, we keep talking about the new Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, right? Mm-hmm. And remember, before that was actually passed, there was a lot of talk about that they were going to take away the medical expense deduction on Schedule A. Well, I think one of the main reasons why that was thwarted is because of this very you know, right. idea you were mentioning is that you have an elder person who has money in an IRA and now they have to pay self-pay for a nursing home. And they have to take you know six thousand dollars a month out of their IRA. Can you imagine if they had to pay taxes on that as if there was no medical expense offset.
2: And sometimes it's even at insult if they were lucky enough to get a pension. And if they're single, what if that throws them over the new Medicare thresholds? So not only are you getting a tax hit and being in the nursing home, but guess what? Now your Medicare B premiums go to the highest rate.
1: Right. So luckily, in the end, they did not. Take away the medical expense deduction on Schedule A,
2: and in fact, everybody gets the seven and a half percent too. Which
1: well, yeah, it was retroactively Retro... put in place for seventeen. That's now and, done, and, and now twenty eighteen, and, and it's in place for twenty eighteen, and then starting in twenty nineteen, unless Congress changes it again, and I won't be. And maybe they will. Mm-hmm. Um, then it will go up to ten percent threshold, meaning you would have to any you'd have to get medical expenses in excess of ten percent of your adjusted gross income and then to be deductible, and we'll see what happens.
2: Right. So those are the things that we look at at the estate planning team. We're very different than many other advisors. We're a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planner. And we always, you know, make recommendations uh, based on really what the client has, what they're trying to accomplish and what's the best way to get there. And especially looking at the tax efficiency of and using the tax wrappers, which Mark will get to later today. We offer a free, no obligation consultation. So you can see how our process is very different. And if it's appropriate, for you. And at the free consultation, we're going to do a preliminary analysis. If you provide us some information, we have some worksheets and we're going to show you, this is where you're headed. Are you underspending, overspending? Are These are potential problems we see. These are potential opportunities um, that you may not be aware and often are not aware of. Another thing that we do at the consultation, if you have these tax qualified assets, IRAs or company plans, uh, many people don't understand the long-term impact of leaving that money there and waiting till minimum required distribution. And we'll show you how much is going to be paid in taxes, how much you get to spend over your lifetime, and what's going to be left for your heirs based on the numbers you give us. So that's a, those are things that you learn at the free consultation.
1: Also, if you're coming for free consultation, if you've never seen a professional Social Security analyzer, in other words, if you haven't made your Social Security elections yet... And you're getting to that time frame, um, and you've heard about you know well you got to make the smart election right. It could it could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. of more income, and if you've never seen one of those professional, I'm not talking about the the little tool you find out on the internet at in any you know website. I'm talking about a real professional uh, analysis, you know, based on your and uh, your spouse's benefits, if if applicable, as well as how you um customize it to your time frame. In other words, how long you think you're gonna live, right? Mm-hmm. Um and maybe you wanted the robot to to run a couple of different analyses. In other words, what would the robot's recommendation be if I live to 85. What would it be if I lived to 90, you know, et cetera. So then, you know, and, and you know, whether you become a, a, a client of the estate planning team or not, you know, we can't help everybody. We realize that. Um, but, you know, at least if you uh, if you want uh, to come in for a free consultation and you want one of those analyzers, you know, you it's yours to take home. Um, you know, just mention that when you're calling for a consultation. Now, you're going to have to provide us your numbers. We're not right. going to go out and try to, you know, guesstimate what your Social Security benefits are. You know, um, you're going to have to provide us uh, the numbers, and then we will run that for you.
2: Right. So, if you want to take advantage of the free consultation, our home office is in Middleburg Heights, and we have offices around the greater Cleveland area. We also do free consultations by phone, and if you're working, we can do early morning or evening appointments for those free consultations as well to try to accommodate everyone's work schedule. It's hard sometimes to find other to dos when you're working full time now. And if you would like to take advantage of that, you. can call the estate planning team, leave a message. We will get back to you on Monday. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financial foodforthought.com. On the website, you can sign up for the newsletter, which will give you financial news. And also um, we won't have any classes until fall, but you'll be the first to hear about it. If you sign up for the free newsletter.
1: All right. You're listening to Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell. And we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 33 years. And we do it one family, one plan at a time. And not, and if you, and if you're also, you know, you mentioned, you know, the convenience and everybody's busy and, you know, we, we've got the website, we've got, um, we can do consultations in evenings, early mornings. We've kind of worked around those, uh, our worker schedule, right, Gary? But also, mm-hmm. if you like this, the show and you can't catch it every Saturday, because we know people are busy in the summers, you know, you can always catch the shows on podcast, right? So mm-hmm. the radio station, um, you just go to their website, you know, 1420, the answer, and Look, search on the local podcast and you'll be able to pick up, you know, our time slot, you know, nine to ten. You'll be able to pick up, you know, the previous shows. So, Kara, let's see. So it's summer season, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. And you know what that means, right?
2: No. Well, it depends. I mean, for some people, family vacation. Oh, mosquitoes.
1: You know, have you, have you heard about the, the scare this year?
2: No, I've just been wearing bug spray when I'm outside often because,
1: you know, um, y- you know, we had the Zika scare, right? Right. Um, and that was bad enough, right? Right. But now you hear this yellow fever may threaten South Florida.
2: No. Okay. Well, we're not. Well, we're okay.
1: Um, well, for the time being. Remember
2: it was West Nile was the big one.
1: Right. That was the bird flu, right? right.
2: No, the West Nile.
1: Wasn't that, wasn't it, wasn't that? Oh, is that mosquito? School? Yeah, was that was a mosquito. Okay, what happened to the bird flu? I
2: don't know. But remember that that's one? gone away. Yeah.
1: Okay, but then we had West Nile. Then we had the Zika. Right. Okay, now we've got... And uh, they're also saying, you know, a surge in tick bone um, diseases, right? Okay. Um, the number of people diagnosed with disease spread by mosquitoes and ticks tripled in the U.S. over the past decade.
2: Okay, because Lyme disease. Okay. And other um, ones. Okay.
1: The agency record, we're talking about, the, you know, the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, right? Uh, the agency recorded more than 96,000 cases in 2016. Hmm. Um, you know, yeah, you're right. Mosquito-borne viruses included Zika, West Nile, um, okay, and tick spreads, um, you know, Lyme disease, and the Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Okay. Um, the The Center of Disease Control... That's one of the main reasons is a rise in higher temperatures oh climate change good. oh no. no okay that allows ticks and mosquitoes to spread and thrive you know to go and that's serious if you get a tick you know oh yeah have you ever you have an animal, right I, I remember Lulu you know the Wonder No, I cat had a one.
2: cat in when I lived in the Carolinas yeah. that had ticks yeah, and you had to yeah um, you have to be careful
1: but you know the uh but this this yellow fever okay um it's starting down in in, Bra- in Central America, in Brazil, right? And they're saying it's very serious. Um, you know, yellow fever could threaten South Florida following an outbreak in, up in Brazil if action against dangerous mosquitoes is not, you know, it continues. Um, all, while there hasn't been a yellow fever outbreak in the U.S. in more than 100 years, um, you know, the idea is if you're traveling to South America and you get, you know, you get it <laughs> and you bring it back, you know, so at least 338 people in Brazil have died and 1,131 cases of yellow fever have, um, reported since, you know, from July to March. Jeez. Okay.
2: That's why you're uh, supposed to have, um, maybe like bats. Like I have bats I see in the evening from the woods and, uh. People say you're supposed to put up bat boxes because they yeah. eat like a huge amount of mosquitoes.
1: All right. And then you hear and then, you know, the tick, you hear about the five year old girl woke up paralyzed from a tick bite. This okay. is just recently, right? Um, and you know, the the, the mother was frantic. You know, she right. just thought, you know, what's going on? My five year old says she can't walk or she could barely talk. And so she finally she was, you know, realized that she had a tick. Jeez. Okay, so off to the emergency room, and she's the girl's going to recover. She'll be fine, but they say you know um, the the kids are more susceptible to the
2: uh, infections the, the tick
1: because it's a s- smaller body and right. and the the venom or whatever's not venom, but whatever right. the tick saliva, or the whatever
2: bacteria,
1: or whatever um, So that's that's what we have to look forward to this summer. All right, so what else? Um, what else happened? This week, um, all right, the Supreme Court major decision, mm-hmm. right, um, that will possibly could affect you, and that's with their sales tax, right? And you know the idea that they're saying now that the um, if you're buying things on the internet, thinking you'd get, you know, you're buying from out of state and right. having it shipped here to uh, home in your home state, that you wouldn't have to pay sales tax, right? Um, and this goes back to a, a a long case history in the U.S. about when states can collect sales taxes from people who don't live in their state or mm-hmm. so, or who are when they can require businesses who aren't physically in their state to collect sales taxes from their state. Right. OK, it's a, it's a call a nexus. You know, it's having, you know, a presence, a physical presence in the state. And, you know, it goes back to the famous Quill case, the North Dakota case from 1992. That And that was what was, you know, in that case decision, they said, no, if, if you're a business and you are just shipping to an out of state where you have no physical presence, meaning you don't have storefronts, you don't have employees, you don't even use their roads, maybe you're just using a independent shipper, right? Right. That, that, that outside state can't require you to collect sales tax. Okay. Right. Now, it doesn't mean you as a consumer got away from owing the sales tax. Remember, you're supposed to pay a use tax like in Ohio, like when you do your Ohio income tax return. There's that little line on there that, you know, sometimes people throw down, they owe $12 in use tax, you know, but that's, you know, you're supposed to, so if you were buying things online and having them shipped in Ohio and the seller wasn't charging you Ohio sales tax, it was your responsibility to pay your own use tax.
2: Right. How many people do you think pay attention to that?
1: Well, you know, businesses have to, right? Right. Right. Um, you know, you but think
2: individuals.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. Some people try to say anything. They, throw, they, they throw some token, ten dollars, and say, "I reported my use tax." You know, get the right. statute of limitations going. Um, but yeah, there's no way. But I mean, this now uh, uh, just overturns the apple cart.
2: I was going to say, I would think it'd be an accounting nightmare.
1: Um, they're talking billions of dollars.
2: That'll okay. it'll generate for the um, states.
1: Yeah, they're saying, so the states are saying. That's
2: why the states are bit, well, all for it. Yeah,
1: you know, that's, you know, except for the states that don't have a sales tax. Um, but, you know, the idea is, but then, and it's, and it's, and it's, you could, you could argue both sides of the, of the coin. In other words, a lot of people are saying that the your local brick and mortar retailer were being hurt heavily by this. Because they have to charge sales tax when you walk in their door, right? But you as a customer could walk into their shop, get their price and figure out, I'm going to owe 7% sales tax and then look it up and order it on, you know, some uh, site Wayfair or something that, you know, doesn't charge you uh, sales tax. Right. Um, So it was a big, you know, so a lot of the local businesses, the, the brick and mortar mom and Dad shops they're happy about this some of the big internet deal, now Amazon right the giant right it really won't affect them because they do a lot of, they have Nexus everywhere so they're already ha- you know have a requirement to collect sales tax in most cases but it's the smaller ones, so we'll see uh, but it, it will have you know lasting effect um all right what else is going on Carrie?
2: all right well the new um we had the that we're they're gonna unveil next week but this week they talked about the new 1040. The The easy form is going to be...
1: The postcard, the right? The postcard. It's coming, right?
2: Yeah, actually, they're going to unveil it next week. I can't wait. How and do it, I get my copy? Um, I don't know yet, because they're still working on the W-4s, you know, for... 2018, it's right. talki- still a huge issue.
1: Yeah, we've been talking about the the new W-4 form that you haven't filled out because your uh, custodian's probably scared to death of even sending it to you because it's so complicated. You know, that's the one, carry that came out in March, you know. And by the way, your payroll department already adjusted your federal withholding in February without any, in, uh, you know, input from you. Right. You know, the, the government did not require the custodians to obtain a new W-4 form to make the withholding changes. All right, um, right, but
2: you might notice more for some people that you're getting more net in your checks from these right. changes. However, you still may owe on April fifteenth. They're saying um, a lot of people come April may be short, uh, have inadequate amounts from their paychecks, right, and and are going to owe next April fifteenth,
1: right, and and so you know don't blame your payroll department if you did not fill out a new W four form. Uh, To tell them what you want to be having withheld, right? Um, Don't blame them if you're well under or well over withheld.
2: So really the W-4 form to fill out your withholdings is much more complicated than the new 1040 tax form.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) but here's the thing. The IRS is already revising the W-4 form because obviously they realized no one was going to work with what they sent out. I mean, literally, they wanted you to work out three schedules. To, you know, uh, detailed schedules, you know, one to kind of tell your payroll department, is, is it you and your spouse and how many kids you may have running around? Right. A second schedule was to kind of give a, a heads up to your payroll department about what's happening on your schedule, A, based on all the changes to the itemized deductions and the, the higher standard deduction. A
2: little more complicated. And then the third
1: schedule, if appropriate, was if you had a multiple earner household or multiple wage household, if you had two jobs, for example. So the idea is if you filled all those three schedules out correctly and gave it to your payroll department, maybe they had a chance of getting the right amount of withholding. Now, nobody did that. No. Right? Um, Everybody just relied on the conversion table that the Treasury and the IRS rigged up to send out to the payroll departments because mm-hmm. the government wasn't going to require new W-4 forms. Right. Remember, the old W-4 form was based on the number of exemptions you reported, but right? But there's no exemptions The exemptions anyway. have been go- eliminated in the new tax law. Um, so so uh, don't fret. There is a new W-4 form in the works, and it will be much simpler. I think they're going to get it back to one page and do away with the three
2: schedules. Let's hope. So those are, those are th- as far as new tax news coming out this week.
1: All right. So let's see. So oh, I'll have, have a rock and roll birthday boomer for you, Here. All right. So I'll give you a little clue here and see if you get it. He was born on uh, June 24th, 1947. Okay. So he's a senior baby boomer, right? Turning 71. He's British. Does that
2: help? Oh, you? no. That never helps.
1: That me. doesn't help anymore? No. You? Okay. Um Let's see. He dropped out of school at age 15, uh, moved to London to pursue a career as a self-taught drummer. Mm -hmm. So he's a drummer. Okay. Um, Let's see. His last name became part of the band group's name.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. And the group members are made up of both, you know, guys and gals. Okay. Very famous rock and roll, all famers. All right. Okay. And, you know, with the guys and gals, there's been a lot of rumors over the years about bad habits and lurid affairs and all that good stuff. Okay. All right. Um, so does that help? So we'll see. No. We'll get to that later on. Um. All right. Uh, are you building your plan R?
2: Right. Because we talked about last week, all these experts that say a recession is coming by 2020. There's half that say... And very smart people. There were, uh, for every article you found that said there was, there was an article that it wasn't.
1: Right. And, you know, it, it never... And, and
2: regardless, it's going to come at some point. Are you prepared? Do you know what you need to do to adjust your plan? If it does happen, do you have enough cash reserve do you know if you have to scale back on your discretionary spending or your target retirement date? And I'm assuming a lot of people don't have clarity because we have another Captain Avi's article came out this week that's saying millions of Americans don't think they will ever retire. Mm. And they pulled quite a few people. Uh, it said 19 million Americans. Um, oh, at Bankrate.com did the survey. 19 million Americans don't think they will ever retire. Hmm. That's a lot of people,
1: you know, and, and a lot of those people are giving themselves a false sense of security. In other words, you could say that, Mark, I'm going to be I'm going to be very conservative in my building my financial plan. I'm never going to retire. And so what they're saying is that they're in their minds, they're thinking they're going to be conservative, meaning that they don't you know, they're not part of the fire movement. Right, Gary? Right. You know, um, the fire movement is the group out there, you know, financially independent, retire early. Right. Is the acronym. Um, but they're saying to them, it's conserved to say, I'm going to work forever because in their minds they are saying, I'll always bring, be bringing in a paycheck. Well, that's a false sense of security because you might not have a job forever.
2: Right. Because one health,
1: which is the biggest reason, reason people retire earlier
2: than plan. Yes. Sometimes you. And sometimes
1: Don't, it's not only whether it's your health, that maybe you have to retire to take care of somebody.
2: Or it could be maybe you lose your job. We've never yeah, heard people no, maybe that Maybe no one's
1: offering you a job forever.
2: Or or maybe not nearly the pay that you were getting before. Maybe your
1: company won't be around forever. Right. All right. Um, and we could go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So that just to say, Mark, I want to build my financial plan and just assume I'm going to make my current salary until I'm you know 90 years old. Well, I, I'll do that for you.
2: Or even sometimes 75, uh, that may, may not yeah. be realistic. realist. That's I mean, great if you want to uh, and yep. you love it and you're physically able to do that. Yeah. Terrific.
1: But just for fun, maybe we build a plan R, uh, which is saying an alternative plan that says, what happens if you, if you can't physically do it? Mm-hmm. You know, you can say, well, I want to see what my plan looks like if I work to 80 or 75 or 70, right? But also, just, a, just for fun, let's see it, how your plan works if you have to, you know, you're only working to 68.
2: Maybe that's realistic.
1: Um, all There's right, a so,
2: difference between what you want and maybe realistic. So that yeah. may be running, and that's what our or math doing, models do. We right. can say, let's look at a plan saying you work till 75, 80. And let's look at another plan That what if you can't work till you can only work till 68 or you lose your job at 66? Right. Or some people call us that have been with us a long time that they realize, you know what, I've seen maybe the industry or in their business and they have a very specialized skill. They said, you know what, I see this coming. They're cutting and cutting and cutting. I think that I'm not going to have a job at 62. Now I have to plan for healthcare costs out of pocket. How now, is that going to impact right.
1: me? And, and a lot of times, see, we can help you with the math. <laughs> That's right. what we're good at. You know, you want to know your number? We can get that for you, right? Um, you want to know, know when you can retire? You know, maybe you want to, you know, maybe you're saying, Mark, I want to retire. I mean, I think maybe I have to work till 68, but can I retire earlier? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to spend the last dollar on the last day? Mathematically, we can help you with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, uh, you know. It, it, maybe that's not your plan. Maybe you want to leave a million-dollar legacy for your children.
2: Right. Well, or grandkids. Maybe you want to skip your kids and we, give them right to your grandkids. We grade. can
1: help you with the math on that. Um, you know, it, it, maybe you're saying, well, Mark, I, I, I'm starting to get really scared of all these articles I'm seeing, how the entitlement programs are going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So um okay so maybe your plan R is maybe you want to model in saying that you only get 75% of your projected social security mm-hmm. benefits. We can do that math. Right. Can you do that math in your head? I don't know. Um you know so so yeah it's the idea of saying you know it's it's the idea of saying are you running multiple plan scenarios are you building your plan R You know that says, okay, I have my base case, what I think is going to happen, but I've also got an alternative case because I want to see where that goes. Um, And that's kind of what we help
2: with. That's what the math modeling allows you to do. And actually, um, we had another case I I brought, Mark, I'll only talk because I know you have quite a bit to get to today. Um, It was a, a gentleman that really wanted to know if he could retire early, if that was realistic. He said, I mean, he came in knowing that they've done a nice job. The company has had some great company matches and been able to man- maintain them. His wife um, never worked. He's 58. He wants to know if he can retire next year.
1: Fire movement.
2: Absolutely. Well, he's act- he said chances are he'll probably work till 62, 63. What he really wanted to know, if he could walk away, because sometimes he gets frustrated at work and said, or maybe I'll consult, maybe. But I want to know if next year I can afford to retire, which in his case, he has, based on his retirement date and his life expectancy based on the government tables, he has 29 years to plan for. Yeah.
1: you had inflation on to twenty years, twenty nine years of spending.
2: Right now, if he lives longer, based on longevity, I mean, he could potentially even at his ninety age, ninety five, and his wife's ninety two. That's thirty seven years. So you're talking, depending on you know, thirty to forty years that he has to plan for. The nice thing he was able to retire if he wanted to in a year, and like, and he came back saying, you know what, I needed to know that because. If I choose to stay on, that's just extra gravy, that's extra toys, that's extra trips, that's extra whatever I want to do. It's just knowing that if I could leave tomorrow, I could. And sometimes that makes it easier to go into work every day. So those that's the power of coming in and and really getting into the detail with price tags and time frames and different inflation rates and running those uh scenarios based on very conservative assumptions. So if you'd like to take advantage of the free consultation, Cara, you can call the, the estate planning team get. at 440-239-2090. That's 440 two three nine twenty ninety or you can visit the website at FinancialFoodForThought.com. That's dot com. That's four four oh two three nine twenty ninety or financial dot com.
1: I don't wanna get that get that Gary. Oh. Oh. All right. Now so is the government helping us with the yellow fever threat?
2: I don't think it's here yet. Well, or, in, or at least are.
1: Well, um, I'm sure
2: they're spraying. So, they
1: well, drones sure they are, are uh, helping. The robots okay. are helping carry. So have you heard this? No. So makes sense. Yeah. So what they're doing is um, they're trying a new thing with drones, and the drones carry uh, thousands and thousands of sterile mosquitoes. Okay. That they drop from the drones. So I guess they, you know, somehow it, it reduces the idea that they're the yellow fever, yeah. Um, and so so the government is trying that, you know, and there's oh, a, as
2: opposed to pesticides.
1: Um, and you know, because to distribute fifty, you know, thousand sterile mosquitoes walking through the woods is difficult. Um, and
2: you might get bit. So <laughs> drones
1: can do it much more efficiently, and
2: not have to worry about yellow fever.
1: You know, um, you know, they just need tons of drones and ton, You know, but uh, anyway. So hopefully the government is working on, on this because uh, we don't want yellow fever. Gary, no, no, you know, you, you know, you don't want yellow fever. All right,
2: I guess that's when we can thank the Ohio cold weather for, uh, or the change of seasons. Yeah.
1: And if you're going down to South America, you know, be careful. Um, All right. So let's see. So we were talking a little about the tax cuts and jobs. Actually, we got to get the right name, right? Oh, that
2: name I can never remember because it's ridiculous. A
1: bill to provide for reconciliation pursuant to Titles 2 and 5 of the concurrent resolution on the budget for fiscal year 2018.
2: That's so ridiculous.
1: Right. Um, Now, and the tricky part about this tax law is that it's not permanent. You know, the individual side is not permanent. The corporate tax cuts are permanent you know the government chose to do that because they figured that was a bigger boom for the uh economy of, of the gdp and everything so but the individual tax law changes are temporary they're through 2025 and unless congress extends them or makes them permanent we will revert back to the old tax law. So the, so a lot of people are looking at this time frame as a window, right, a window of opportunity. They're saying, well, Mark, if I've got a lower tax table, okay, um, and a higher maybe standard deduction, right. because if you weren't itemizing before, this new law helps you, right, with the higher standard deduction. Um, remember, you know, for a couple that's 24,000 and if you're right. over 65 it's an additional 1300, you know. Uh, so a couple over 65 have got a 26,600 standard deduction now. Nice. Individuals it's half that, right? Um, So, but that if you were, you know, so that may be a win for you. So the idea is you may have find yourself that you've got this lower tax, you know, effective tax rate right now through 2025. That may be where you want to take advantage. Maybe you want to do a little bit of Roth conversion planning, right? Um, Or, you know, accelerated IRA distribution planning. So that's, you know, something to be aware of. Um, Let's see what else is... um, Again, the other thing too, Carrie, with this new tax, if you were paying alternative minimum tax in the past, chances are you won't in the future.
2: That's huge for some people.
1: Okay. So that, you know, um, and, you know, so that's going in your favor. Um, You know, the one thing that we did all lose was those personal exemptions. We talked about that's why we need a new W 4 form, right? Right. Because the old one was based on personal exemptions that are gone. Um, now, but there are, you know, that really hurt you like you, Gary, if you got right. a, a, uh, some toddlers or not toddlers, but, no. you know, dependent kids right. running around. But they did, you know, double the child tax credit. Right. right? So, you know, so, you know, you got to be aware of that. Right. So if you've got, you know, underage 17ers at home. All right. um, You know, it, it pretty much doubles what the child tax credit was. And, you know, those phase outs are much higher. Um you know th- than the prior child credit phase okay. so right now um you know the 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 break doubles to two thousand dollars for each dependent under age seventeen. The income phase out thresholds are much higher adjusted gross income's over four hundred thousand for couples that 's a pretty high threshold right, and two hundred thousand for all other filers. um also, if you know, a charity with this new tax law, you gotta, you know, sometimes you might want to revisit how you're making your charitable contributions. Okay. Um, and especially if you know, you will no longer be able to itemize. See, a lot of people they were, you know, they were itemizing, they were, they were deducting their charitable contributions on Schedule A, right? Um, but, under the new law with the higher standard deduction you might not have enough to get over the standard. So technically you're not really deducting your charitable.
2: No but you, you could still do something don't assume right I'm just, but
1: uh... if you're going the other way if you're saying well I I'm want you know I'm gonna do more charity or my charity uh, charitable alone with my other you know itemizable deductions get me over that threshold. all right so the the AGI limitation on cash donations has increased. OK. All right. So before this tax law, you know, before twenty eighteen, you know, the charitable contributions were deductible to the extent the write offs didn't exceed 50 percent of the donors adjusted gross income. Okay. Now, very few people listening probably reached that. limit, right. But we've had clients over the years reach that limit. And then you had to carry it forward.
2: Right.
1: Um, the new tax law raised that AGI limit to 60 percent. Now, so the other thing, though, too, is, you know, if you are over 70 and a half and subject required minimum distribution, don't you know, you may want to look at the, you know, qualified charitable distribution rule. Right. Which has now been made permanent, not because of this tax law, but, you know, that was one that remember it was it would go away and then it would come back. And this is the law that says if you're subject, you know, over 70 and a half. Um and you have a required minimum distribution, and you can just say that you want to send your money directly from your IRA to your favorite charity, mm-hmm. a qualified charitable distribution, right? And when you choose that method, you don't have to report it as taxable income.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, now, why you say, Mark? Why would I do that? Well. One reason is because you may not be able to deduct the charity. You know, if you did it the other way, if you took money out of the IRA and then reported as taxable income, lower, you know, higher is your adjusted gross income, and then you turned around and wrote a check to charity, you're saying, I'll just deduct it on Schedule A. Well, a lot of people will no longer be able to deduct it on Schedule A. That's the point. Right. Okay, Um, so as opposed to that, they're making a decision to say, okay, since I can't deduct it anyways on Schedule A, I'll do the qualified charitable distribution. So now instead of, you know, I'm taking the what I would normally give to charity, but it's going directly from my IRA. So now that suffices for my required minimum distribution. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can go over that. You can do this up to one hundred thousand a year. You know, right,
2: because we've had people maybe you're right at the borderline of that next tax bracket that maybe you just want to push yourself lower it or what if you're close to that Medicare B threshold? Right, this can just help and so you the, out. Yeah,
1: and so the more you're taking out now of your IRA, theoretically, lowers your future required minimum distributions. See, one of the you know one of the people still don't understand is that required minimum distributions may trap you later on in retirement.
2: Right, and you that's know. why you should come in for a consultation if you've never seen that before. I mean, just since you mentioned it, Mark, you know, come in for the free consultation. We'll show you that analysis based on your numbers and your assumptions. We have offices, our home offices in Middleburg Heights. We have offices around the greater Cleveland area. We offer the free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. Um, It typically lasts an hour to an hour and a half. We really spend time with you, your issues, again, without pressure. And then we tell you, this is how we can help you. And these are the options. And then you can make a decision from there. Most people that we work with, we're looking for that law. I mean, most of our, sometimes we have people come in about specific issues, but typically we've had clients for a long time and over the years and working with multiple generations. And you can call the estate planning team at 440 239-2090. 2392090 that's 4402392090 or you can visit financialfoodforthought.com
1: All right thanks that's Carrie Waddell and I my mm-hmm. name is Mark Donnelly and so what we're saying about the qualified charitable distribution Carrie is that okay since now you're lowering your adjusted gross income Mm -hmm. Now, it's a wash, in other words. In other words, the amount that you're taking out of IRA and rolling it directly to a charity, you don't get to deduct it right on Schedule A, but you don't report it as taxable income. So, in effect, it lowers your adjusted gross income. And a lot of the tax thresholds are based on adjusted gross income, not taxable income after deductions. So in effect, you're you may be getting a bigger win anyways by lowering your adjusted gross income. So maybe your Medicare premiums aren't going up or maybe, you know, you're you're staying in that, you know, zero percent capital gain rate. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, You know, and the idea is and also if you're an Ohio taxpayer, right, Ohio, your Ohio income tax starts with your federal adjusted gross income. So once again, if you're lowering your federal adjusted gross income, you are also lowering your Ohio taxable income, right? Because Ohio doesn't give you charitable deductions anyways.
2: Right. So it's looking at how one decision can make a big impact in all these different areas. And I think that's the value of looking at planning or comprehensive planning.
1: So some of the things. So and again, we don't think there's enough people looking and strategizing and planning using the tax wrappers. Mm Mm-hmm. OK, and the tax wrappers, you know, is our term at the state planning team where we say that, you know, any asset that you own, right, the mm-hmm. tax effect is can only, you know, only comes out to about four different types.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: OK, so we basically say there's four tax wrappers. The first one is ordinary income. Right. right? And that's the idea that think of your wages. Right. Your wages are as ordinary income, you know, the highest rates. Right. right? Um, interest, you know, on on a CD, for example, you know, interest income is taxed as ordinary income. We have ordinary dividends. If they're not qualified dividends, you know, ordinary dividends are taxed as ordinary income. Um, And basically the the rule of thumb there is, you know, that these are kind of things that are taxed as you go. Right. You know, think of your wages, whether you're spending all your wages or not, you know, your taxable wages, they're taxed as you go, right? The second tax wrapper are the tax deferred. Right, mm-hmm. And this could include the tax qualified plans, you know, IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, 457s, you know, all, all the qualified plans it could also include other tax deferred items like double E bonds or right. I bonds or annuities. Actually, annuities could be either one. They could be a non-qualified annuity that gets tax deferral or you could own an annuity inside an IRA or a company plan and it's a tax qualified, you know, annuity. Now, you uh, those tax qualified plans, you know, of course, we talk a lot about the rules of those, you mm-hmm. know, the, the 59 and a half rules and the 70 and a half required minimum right. distribution rules. And it's also the idea that anytime you take, uh, you know, money out of a qualified plan, it's taxed as ordinary income.
2: Okay. All
1: right. Um, you know, there are no capital gain losses in an IRA. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, there is no qualified dividend rate in an IRA. All right. When you take money out of an IRA, it's taxes, ordinary income. Right. Right. The third tax wrapper is capital appreciation assets. Now okay, we're getting more better, favorable. Right? right. So this is where we're getting into, you know, the, your investments or, you know, and could be your, your home, real estate, you know, stocks, mutual funds, uh, you know, anything, any investment you have that gets capital appreciation treatment. Meaning the idea that if you hold it long term, you know, Mm -hmm. before you sell it, right, generally, you know, over one year. Right. All right. You get favorable long term capital gain rates. Right. Mm -hmm. It also is the idea that you have the, uh, you know, um, you know, you can make some lemonade out of some lemons. So if you have realized losses, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, you, when you when you when your your investment advisor is buying is putting together a stock portfolio, you don't always have all gainers. Right. That's okay. You don't need to be one hundred percent correct. Nobody is. You know, if you're you know if you're fifty percent correct, you'll be okay. Right. Um. So the idea is, um, y- you know, you y- you want to. Get into you know that capital the long-term capital gain rates and the idea that you can deduct losses and, and those things um, and also the other important thing about the capital appreciating assets don't forget if you don't spend them in your lifetime these are the ones get very tax favorable treatment at death you know meaning when not to, not for, you know at the time of the second death mm-hmm. or if you're single time you're when you, it's going to a non-spouse beneficiary right um, because they get a step up in basis. OK, meaning, you know, the, the, the date of death value. In other words, if I bought my house for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars and on the date of my death, that's worth two hundred thousand. You know, I never had to, I never sold it in my lifetime. So right. I never had to pay capital gains tax on it um, now. It, and by the way, if I'm selling my primary residence, I have a nice capital gain exclusion anyways. You know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a single person or five hundred thousand mm-hmm. for a couple. But, but now I'm leaving my house to my son, let's say, right? Now, my son doesn't want my house. What does he want, Gary? The cash. The inheritance, right? right. So he sells the house um, right away, right? And, you know, so now say the data death value. So, I, so I, where I had an unrealized $50,000 capital gain, you know, to him, no, that's forgiven at death. Right. He gets the data death value, And if he sells it at that point, he doesn't owe any capital gains tax on it. That's true for any capital appreciating asset you have. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, gold, whatever. All right. So very favorable. And the last one, of course, um, everybody's favorite. favorite, You know, those are the tax free wrapper. Right. And, you know, what are some, you know, examples of tax free? Well, Roth IRAs.
2: And by the way, since you mentioned you can have a Roth because sometimes people get the Roth IRA, we've had people say, What kind of assets? You can have really any kind of asset. You can have annuities. You can have savings accounts. You can have CDs in a Roth. You, you can, can have, have gold. Right. You can have stocks. You, you can, can have, have bonds. real estate,
1: you right. know, rental properties. It's tricky.
2: So, really, it's just the tax status, not necessarily the type of asset.
1: Um, so, what are some other examples of tax free wrappers? Well, you've got tax free municipal bonds, life, insurance, life you know, insurance, you know, the death of benefit is income mm-hmm. tax free, right? Um, College 529 plans, Mm -hmm. um, health savings accounts. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those are some of the tax free ones. And, you know, the idea is, are you, you know, are you thinking about these tax wrappers when you're putting together your strategy? And the idea of saying if you're trying to allocate, you know, and, 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 you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together. You know, when we talk about, you know, where and which assets should be in which wrapper, you know, that's what sometimes I don't think there's enough discussion going on with um, some of the, you know, you know, strictly from an investment advisory standpoint or, you know, the problem is, you know, sometimes you're talking to one professional who may just be dealing with stocks and bonds and then you're talking to another professional who may be dealing with annuities and you may be talking to another professional who's just dealing with, you know, CDs, mm-hmm. you know, and and you're not getting a, a coordinated effort. Right. Um, and sometimes. OK, so we got to okay. remember my uh, clues. The- mm-hmm. Some cowbell going on. That's the rock and roll birthday drummer.
2: OK. OK.
1: There's never enough cowbell. More cowbell. Characters. Do you remember that Saturday Night Skit where there was more cowbell? Yeah. No. Oh, you don't remember that? That was great. Um, yeah, if you want a, a good laugh, you know, just look up "More Cowbell." And it was a it was a skit that was done on Saturday Night Live. And it was pretty funny. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know if you'll get this one. This song no. was, you know, came out in nineteen it was seventy six. Okay. Um, you might get the singer's voice. Okay. okay. This is live from Japan. Live at the Budokan. No, it's not at the Budokan, but live from Japan. Okay. Is this ringing any Not again? yet. Okay. He's British, the drummer. The name of the band has his name in it.
2: Okay. That's Stevie Nicks.
1: <laughs> I knew you would get that. Her
2: voice is so...
1: <laughs> so what's the name of the group?
2: Oh, Fleetwood Mac.
1: And Okay, so there you got 50% no... chance Mac Here. or
2: Fleetwood, right? Which one is it? I have no idea.
1: Which one's the drummer with the beard and the...
2: Mac? <sighs> Fleetwood? Hey, Mick Fleetwood. I thought Fleetwood Mac was one name. I <laughs> didn't even know it was...
1: Right, the other name is McKeith. Yeah,
2: her voice is so distinctive.
1: Right. Um, yeah, so there's our rock and roll birthday boomer, Mick Fleet with seventy-one.
2: Wow, how many people were in the band?
1: Well, over the years, there's you know it's basically right. the four, you know, but uh, they all kind of you know ran around with each other. It was kind of mm-hmm. a crazy story. Um, but you know, rock and roll, and, and they're coming into town uh, huh. in October. All right, so this is a Gold Dust Woman.
2: Okay. Yeah,
1: you know, um, one of their. You know, That's
2: know even if I didn't recognize the song, which I do now, but her voice, you just can't miss her voice.
1: Right. All right. So how do you use, you know, the tax rappers to your advantage? Um,
2: well, first, understand what they are. Right. <laughs> That's the first step.
1: And, you know, and, you know, and it's sometimes it takes a coordination of effort of advisors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Here, get that thing out of here. <laughs> um, if you never had yellow fever, have you anything? no, thankfully. No? Okay.
2: Um, I don't know how many people in the United States have had yellow well, fever.
1: You know, it's if you want to know a description, you know, I had to dig out one of my books in the library here. Um, the best description of, of yellow fever was 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 you know you know ever remember the the movie The Lost City of Z? I don't even remember no. that. It was a great book. Okay, it's written by. You know, David Grant. And it tells the story of the explorer, Percy Fawcett, when he traveled down the Amazon in 1925. Okay. And they made a movie of it not too long ago. Um, That's why I thought maybe i have heard about it. But, um, you know, so all the people on the trip kept diaries, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things, look, in respect is the bugs were bad. Oh, yeah. All right. You know, you you think, well, about the big predators. No, you know, that's not what they were worried about. It was the the ceaseless pest. So here's some of the, the the notes.
2: The notes from the trip.
1: Okay, the Saba ants that could reduce men's clothes and ruckshacks to shreds in a sh- single night. Mm-hmm. The ticks that attacked attached like leeches, and red hairy chiggers that consumed human tissue. They were worried about the cyanide squirting millipedes, and they're also worried about the peristic worms that cause blindness. The burn flies that drove their oviposition, uh, you know, positions through clothing and deposited larval, larval eggs that hatched and burrowed underneath the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, the almost invisible biting flies called piniums that left the explorers' bodies covered in lesions. Then there were the kissing buds.
2: Okay. Have you heard of the kissing buds? No, bugs I have from?
1: not. Okay. Which bite the victim on the lips, transferring a protozoan called, I can't even pronounce it, trypanosoma. You know, 20 years later, the person thinking he had escaped the jungle unharmed would begin to die of heart and brain swelling. You still want to go down the Amazon, Curry?
2: No, actually, oh. yes, I did until if you've ever watched the show Monsters Inside Me, which talks about everybody who goes to these trips and the Parasites. Yeah, right. watch that show. I think it was on Discovery Health or something. And it's all these disgusting things. People got bit or ate or a bug. Yeah, injected something. They have worms crawling under their skin or they have these diseases no one can figure out. Right. <laughs> and th- those are even now.
1: Okay. Um, but, you know, now, you know, but yellow fever. Okay. Um, you're, 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 you know, you're overcome with insatiable thirst, skull splitting headaches, uncontrollable shivering. The muscles throbbed so much it was hard to walk. Um, you know, you know the, the men fear the most was spitting up mouthfuls of blood. Mm. You know, that's when you know yellow fever is kicking in. The so-called black vomit, which meant that death was near. Um, it doesn't sound too, you know, friendly. That's why we don't want a yellow fever epidemic. No. All right. Um, all right. Um, so if you're, you know, hopefully they'll get that under control. So one of the things, you know, when you're looking with the tax wrappers, you know, use them to your advantage. In other words, let's take a simple example where you've got a stock that you could either own inside your IRA or outside your IRA, right, Carrie? Right. So inside your IRA, okay, it's not going to get the qualified dividend treatment. It's going to get the same dividend. But when you take that dividend to spend in retirement, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income. Right. Outside of the IRA, It gets a qualified dividend, the lower. And by the way, if you could stay in the 0% capital gains rate, you've got a zero qualified dividend rate, right? If you sell the stock, okay, during your lifetime, you get the more favorable long-term capital gain rates. If you sell the stock and take it out of the IRA to spend it, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income. You know, if you die with it in the IRA, your kids are going to pay 100% ordinary income. If you die with it outside, they get a step up in basis.